0: Football is back, and right now Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or any-time goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got Wall to Premier League football with games being played nearly every day, and with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365 Match Live feature, you can now follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome back to 1874, the podcast that's absolutely bound to cheer you up, talking about Aston Villa Football Club every single week. Greg, I'm miserable, I'm not I'm not going to lie, that has given me very little enthusiasm. How did you see it?
1: Well yeah, I'm talking to you more often than my friends, so that's making me miserable as well. But um no, it was (laughs) it was um an opportunity missed again, wasn't it? You know, I've said, this against, said this against Sheffield United, Villa, Villa needed to get something in that game and, and only ended up with a point again. They only ended up with a point at Newcastle. Um, it could go down to be a very valuable point and written written a piece for, for tomorrow just saying that um, Dean Smith always seems to manage to get a, a result when he when he really needs it, doesn't he? And it just feels that that, 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 that draw has... Just kept them ticking along a little bit. Okay, it's not what Villa fans wanted. It's not the result that um, takes them out the bottom three, but it certainly keeps them in there. And the only saving grace, I think, at the moment is that all the teams around Villa are still struggling as well, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I'm just fed up of relying on other teams being bad because I know they are bad, but I'm watching us and I just think we're terrible. I can't think of any other way to describe us. I mean, within the first two minutes, Trezeguet got the ball. He couldn't complete a, a two-yard pass to Grealish. He didn't put enough on it on a two-yard pass. And there's just too, too many basic things that we can't do for me. And I'm, I'm very, very worried. Because I don't think the other teams will be bad forever. They, they will pick up wins and look in our fixture list. I don't think we'll play a more ordinary team than we play today. And I'm worried.
1: Yeah, again, you know, it was an opportunity missed. But I, I do feel that um, that all the all the other teams are, are going to struggle as well. They're going to continue to struggle. I think if any team can generate two or three wins, then I think they'll be safe. Um, I mean, you just look at, at Brighton. Brighton were right in the thick of it. They've got four points in two games, and all of a sudden, seem to be you know well away from it. That that just shows that. The level of the other teams um, is going to continue to be very poor. And I just think that I just think the Villagers need to keep ticking along now. We know that they're not a good side. We know that they've struggled all season. They've uh, they've lost 18 out of 31 games. So these results are nothing new. They're not, they're not a surprise. Um, somehow they've just got to stay in there, stay, stay ticking over and just try and stay up. <laughs> and okay, that's not the... Um, that's not the way you know Villa should be approaching seasons, but they're at that stage now where it's just been going on for too long, and they've just got to try and just grind it out and, and hope to get enough points and stay up because it's still it's still not all over. And I, you know, I've got a. It sounds like I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm as frustrated as as everyone else watching on, but just feel that it's still not over yet. Um, in, in terms of Trezeguet, just, you know, one player who, I, who I'm really struggling to to think of any positives for, unfortunately, it just hasn't worked out for him. Obviously, had that really big chance after just five minutes and and, um, and should have scored. Villa had a couple of other big chances with Samata and missed. Um, McGinn had a header again. McGinn not really at it again today, you know, still struggling to find his feet. The one positive about McGinn is that we all know how much of a brilliant player he is and that in time it will come for him. Just hope it isn't too late. Um so yeah, three three big chances for Villa before the half an uh, half hour mark and um and then it just turned a little bit, didn't it? I feel like when Andy Carroll came on, it, it, he changed the game for for Newcastle and, and gave Villa something different to think about. Uh, Toro Mings was pulled out of his position f- for the goal as can't uh, D- Dean Smith I mean I, I thought Mings was was to blame for that but it was Dean Smith in his press conference just w- said that um you know put the blame on on Ezu Conza. he was saying that it was hit he him who switched off and um that uh you know that he was very that he was very frustrated in that so it was a ba- it, look it was a defensive error wasn't it and um the goal, uh, the goal almost gave Newcastle the win, but fortunately, Almo um, was there to save the day.
0: To celebrate the return of the Premier League, we're offering 40% off a subscription with The Athletic for a limited time only. Go to athletic.com slash to sign up for less than £3 a month. At The Athletic, we care about your club with a dedicated journalist for every team. So sign up now to enjoy unrivaled coverage and insight of all 20 sides as the season reaches its belated conclusion. Let's just talk about the goal in a, in a bit more detail. It's a, it's, it's a very basic move. It, Newcastle have not reinvented the wheel there, have they, to score? I mean, it felt a bit like playing FIFA 13 when Andy Carroll and Dwight Gale came on. Villa just seemed to, seemed to get the nerves every time either of them got on the ball. and Andy Carroll should not be running at Villa's defence and then be retreating like that. That amount of players should not be getting pulled over when Andy Carroll's on the ball. And he's able to put Dwight Gale through. P- pretty easily. I mean, we'll add Dwight go to the collection of people who always score against Villa. The list is ever-growing. I-, I can't believe how many players seem to have a field day against us. But when you're down the bottom, you cannot be letting in goals like that. I mean, we've let in 58 or 59 We've shit now this season. It- it's appalling, and that, that goal is arguably the worst of the lot, and we've let in some absolute stinkers all through the season.
1: Yeah, it's a horrible goal, isn't it? Looking but I mean, it just doesn't get any nicer the, the more often you watch it. Um, the throwing looping over target's head. Ming's been pulled out of possession, caught, um, caught, caught in the horse all over the place, uh, Esri Konza. Um, also at fault, you know, it's just it's just a horrible goal. Orsha Nyland hasn't done great either to try and keep the shot out. Um and yeah, it's rare, rare we see a little and large combination like Carol and Gale up front anymore, but they, they caused a few problems and, and Dwight Gale has caused problems against Villa in, in years gone by. Um and, and you know, he just seems to be one of these players that that scores a lot of goals against them, just like Giroud did, you know, it's it feels yeah. like it's every week, doesn't it?
0: Who? Who? Wolves got the away score against us. There's, there's bound to be someone knocking knocking around there. I I am genuinely concerned for Saturday because I think personally think Wolves are going to go very close to top four, and they're going to love the misery that's going around at, at Villa at the moment. And I th- I could see them having a field day against us to be honest. And it's unlike me to be this negative. People that have listened to me over the last few years, it takes a lot to make me negative. But I'm currently seeing absolutely nothing to get excited about with Villa. I think we're in massive trouble, and the way things are going, I think we will go.
1: Yeah, look, I can feel your frustration here, Dan. You know, you, you, you sound as as downbeat as as I've heard this season. You know, rarely, rarely the rare that I hear you. You know, so um, you know, so frustrated about things, and that that that's starting to feel the case for a lot of Villa fans now. Um, I I wasn't at the game today. I watched it from home, and um, you know, I followed um, the hashtag on Twitter for, for for a lot for large periods of the game, as well as watching it on the TV and. The mood, the mood has turned, hasn't it? It just feels like it feels like the fans have lost faith um, with the team, and it feels like they've already given up on the team, um, and that and they th- they think they're going down. It, it's going to be really hard, and you know, I put a tweet out just saying that the next three games are going to be really, really difficult: Wolves, Liverpool, and Man United. But if Villa are to survive this season, they've got to beat or they've got to take points off the teams above them in the division anyway. They've got to take points off teams that are in the top half of the table and they just haven't done that already this season. So again, it's still nothing new. It's like these problems have been going on all season. So, you know, what What? What do you expect if if nothing changes? Just something has got to change for Villa to, to stay up now and it it's on them. Um The one thing that I'm taking from Dean Smith every time I speak to him is that he still remains very relaxed about it. He's clearly not flustered. Um, He he clearly believes that his team are good enough to stay up. Um, There seems to be almost a siege mentality uh, forming now. They're they're spending more time together. They're staying over. uh, sleeping over after the games after the home games sleeping over before the home games they're spending a lot of time together they're going they're still turning up to the home games 4 hours before and having their lunch um or pre-match meal in the corner flag at Villa Park you know the preparation is still very much the same and it feels like the team the team actually feel like they're better after this break and I, I know that's quite hard for people to think uh, people to understand because the performances probably haven't really shown that, but um you know every game they have been in it they've only lost to chelsea by one goal they've drawn the other two games so the team actually are taking some positives from it um and they feel that because they're still on the same amount of points as the other teams around them that they are within striking distance of surviving um it's just it's easier said than done isn't it they've just got to go and get that one win and and then if they do and it whole, it looks a whole lot better but um, it's a strange one because the fans have it, fa- it feels like the fans think the wheels have fallen off, yet the team still think that they've got a good chance of surviving. So, we'll have to just wait and see. I mean, I can I'm not naive enough
0: to think that there hasn't been a visible improvement defensively in general. But it's no good being good defensively in general if you're then going to have that absolute car crash moment of defending and, and ship a goal and undo all the, all the good work. There's no doubting that we're more solid, but it has come at a cost because honestly, unless the defenders are up for a set piece. I don't don't see a scoring from open play. You could argue the the goal the other day against Chelsea was from open play, but really it came from a broken down set play, didn't it? And we, we don't look like scoring outside of swinging crosses into the box or from a corner or a free kick. And that's obviously how we got the goal back tonight through Elmo, albeit it was a piece of terrible goalkeeping as well. And that just makes me think we've got away with it today. We're playing a poor side, but we still nearly managed to lose the game. And fair enough, it's good to bounce back and it's good positivity to come from behind and take something when you're going to lose. But draws aren't good enough, especially draws against Newcastle. Tell me where the goals are coming from, Greg, because I just cannot see it. And tell me where the wins are coming from, because I can't see that either at
1: the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's hard for me to put up a case for them as well. The, 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 key, the key tonight is that they've missed the big opportunities. That's the problem. They are actually, they've actually created some good chances tonight. Um, you know, the Trezeguet chances, he's got to score. So, Matta, if, if, you, if you put... Konza put an absolutely fantastic cross in for him and... It, and you know a brilliant cross, and if you want any player in that Villa team on the end of that, it's Samata And he's just headed it wide. So you know his heading ability is fantastic, and you you know you'd back him nine times out of ten to score. The problem is that they've just got to take the chances when they get them now because they're going to be few and far between. You would expect to get in the teams that they've got to face ahead. Um, I'm really worried about the Wolves game. I mean, Alan Maxman oh, has, has caused problems today. But, you know, Adama Traore, he's 10 times him. So he's going to cause even more problems. And again, we've seen that combination for Wolves work today. Adama Traore crossing to Rao Him and they score again. And it's going to be a really tough one for Villa. And, you know, if they can emerge from that with anything, then, you know, that really will be a positive.
0: Yeah, I'm moody. I'm negative. But genuinely, I just don't <laughs> see any way in which we take anything off Wolves, the, the streets ahead of us. Like I say, we have struggled against what is at best an ordinary Newcastle side. And players like Andy Carroll and Dwight Gale have caused us problems. So just imagine what the what the Wolves players are, are going to do. Uh, he changed the team around a little bit, didn't he, Greg? Grealish was seemed he was playing a free role in the first half and then in, in the second I, I wasn't really sure. But to be honest, and I love Jack. Jack's our saviour. Jack's our best player. If he if ever we're gonna stay up, it's gonna be through him. But he had an off day today. Even he was struggling to complete basic passes at times, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he looked a little bit tired towards the end. I thought that, you know, he got on the ball quite well around the hour mark. Um started to cause some problems and, you know, was picking out nice weighted passes to, to the Wings. Um, but yeah, I just think in general, Villa need their best players to perform and that they are usually Jack Grealish, John McGinn and, and Tyrone Mings. And for the first three games, Grealish and McGinn haven't played as well as we know they can. Um, and unfortunately, when you've got a team that has probably only got three or four really good players and the rest of them are, um, you know, are, are almost making up the numbers you need your best performers to okay making up the numbers is a little bit unfair but there's there's three or four players that that are, that stand out in that team let, let's let let me say that instead and when those three or four players don't perform to the best of their ability it then makes it very hard for the team to go and get results because the other players aren't quite good enough to to, to pull that team through. So, um, you know, we, we've all seen that, that Grealish and, and McGinn haven't been at the best for the first three games. And if Filler are going to survive, the two of them are going to be key to it and just really need them to find some, some of their top four.
0: I think if you look back to the start of the season, it took Grealish maybe five or six games t- to get up to his top level and get get to his best. And if that's what's going to happen again, we are going to run out of games. We- we're going to be in massive trouble. And the only way to get McGinn fit is to play him. So I understand why we keep him in because, like you say, he's one of our key men. But we spoke about it on the last podcast. Outside of what I would personally perceive our first 11, I don't think there's anything else. <laughs> and there's nothing on the bench to bring things to change things. I mean, we're losing the game today. And again, we're bringing the camber on. Is that, is that the best we've got when we're losing a game to bring on a, an anchor man, a defensive midfield player? It, we're not good enough. We're not strong enough. Dean Smith and his coaching staff have been massively let down by the quality of play that, that's come in in the summer. And it's going to be that that cost us. Oh, I think we're going to look back to the summer and think that, that's where it all went wrong. We did not do enough good business.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, we, we're talking about this in every podcast now, aren't we? It Feels that you know recruitment has has let Villa down. I mean, I thought Nakamba did okay when he come on. I totally get your point that it's a, almost a defensive um, substitution, but I do feel a little bit for Dean Smith at the moment because the only attacking options that he hasn't used are Borgia Baston and and Vasilev, You know, who's who's a, who's a rookie striker, um, you know, a youngster who is just emerged into the into the setup this season. And baston though you know, you couldn't get in the Swansea team at the start of this season. You couldn't get in the Swansea team who were in the championship. So how can he come to Villa in the Premier League and make a difference? It's, they're so, so short on quality attacking options. Um, you know, Wesley, the record signing got injured. They missed out on Neil Maupai. They tried to get Tammy Abraham on a permanent deal, but he wanted to stay at Chelsea. Tried to get side Ben from Brentford, but wouldn't pay the money. It went wrong in the summer. Unfortunately, there was only a certain amount of money that they could spend. They had to buy players, um, and they went with what they got. You know, again, I feel a little bit sorry for for the for the for the recruitment team. Yes, they should have signed better players, but at the same time, that to spend that to buy so much with with a certain amount of money, and you know, it, there's not an endless pot of money and. Um, unfortunately, it's just going to let them down when it, when, it, when it comes to the end of the season, it feels.
0: Yeah, I think is going to be in big trouble come the summer. And I personally, for me, with that as well, you have to look at Perslow because that ultimately he's made that decision to bring that guy in, said he's one of the best in the business. And to me, his signings, they haven't been good enough. They've been nowhere near the quality that, that we need to, to stay up. And Borja Baston, if he's not coming on when we're losing these games... There's absolutely no point in being on the bench. There's absolutely no point in being here. We know that a deal fell through at the last hour of of, uh, of January and he was essentially a panic signing. But what's the point? He's basically been found down the back of Suso's sofa. He's utterly pointless. Just stick Louis Barry on the bench for me. Surely he's not going to be any worse. If you're not prepared to throw him on when you're losing the game, he's utterly pointless in being there, Greg.
1: Yeah, I don't bother the Louis Barry argument. I have to admit, um, don't I think you? he's a player. No, well, look, you know, he's a player that he's a development player. Um, Vasilev is is still ahead of him at this stage. They're they're both very young players, Louis. But I mean, Louis Barry's still sixteen years, just seventeen years old, isn't he? He's got a long way to go. He could be could be a very good player but he's not going to he's not going to make a difference in the premier league Dan um and you know is Baston going to make
0: a difference in the premier league
1: Borja Baston he's uh, he's at least been, he's he's got a bit more experience he's been around the block he's played in the he's played in more divisions you know in the top flight in Spain he's played in the premier league in England he's going to offer more of a threat if he's available you know if if he's needed but again what i'm saying is he's not the quality addition that that villa needed um he was literally signed as you know, as a bodder, a very, very cheap option. Somebody who's on very low money, who will be gone in the summer, um, and was just literally signed as a bodder. Um, you know, and that's that's unfortunately where Villa are at. You know, when your record signing gets injured, unfortunately, you have to take action. And Villa have spent £140 million this season. They couldn't go out and buy another striker as much as they would have liked to. They bought Ali Samata who they really didn't want to they didn't want to spend that type of money in, in January. Again, that was a buy because Wesley got injured. Um, You know, we might still we might still be having this argument if Wesley had stayed fit, but at least he'd got six goals in 22 games. And to be fair to him, his, re- his goal scoring record was actually starting to stack up.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a big loss, obviously, when you lose your number nine and
1: stuff like that's unforeseen.
0: You, you can't do anything a, about that, but we could have told you you were short at the, at the start of the season. When you're going into a Premier League season, looking back, you're going in with three strikers who've scored zero Premier League goals between them. You're asking for trouble, aren't you? Wesley's he wasn't prolific in Belgium, if my memory serves me correctly. Davis has struggled with injury and he wasn't getting a game in the championship when he was fit last season. And Codger is a complete waste of time. So we're asking for trouble before the season's even started. And there isn't enough goals in the team. We don't look like we're going to score. And I, as an aside now, I don't think we're going to stay up, mate. And it pains me to say that. But the 2 we've had two of our easier games in Sheffield United and Newcastle who didn't really turn up, let's be honest, and we haven't beat either of them. If teams turn up against us, I'm afraid to say I think we'll lose them. And I just, this is one of the lowest I've ever been because I said to myself I was going to enjoy this season and enjoy being back in the Premier League, whatever. But you, I don't think you can enjoy this as a Villa fan at the moment. We're really, really bad. And I feel sorry for Dean Smith because I know this isn't Dean Smith. Dean Smith's style of football. But he hasn't got enough at his disposal. He he hasn't got the tools. So ultimately, we're going to fail.
1: Yeah, again, you know, I feel your pain. I I know, I echo a lot of your thoughts. I think that the games ahead are going to be really tough. and, And, you know, we knew that this project restart, that Villa could be either completely safe within two weeks or they could be effectively down. And that's going to be the case, isn't it? If after the Wolves game, if it goes wrong, and then you've got Liverpool coming up on the... Um, the week after so this is a real crunch period now If the pressure has always been on but the pressure really is on now Villa need to go and do something that they haven't done already this season they need to go and beat um, one of these top teams so let's see what the next few games bring
0: yeah this hasn't been pleasurable enough for 1874 listeners we will be back on Saturday post-wolves hopefully talking about something just just give me something villa give me give me something nice to talk about with greg i'd I'd do anything to be able to come on and be positive with you i've probably managed to drag you down to my level a little bit tonight so i I apologize to that (laughs) mate but it's always good to talk to you hopefully as i say something positive next week thanks for joining me mate
1: yeah let's hope so dan let's hope so mate